It's another Saturday in the trenches, with a necessary effort to catch up on a multitude of items that have happened, but have not yet had an explanation or a description on Charlottesville Community Engagement. It's October 23rd, 2021. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, for another look at what's been happening in the area and what's coming up. On this edition of the program, a host of development updates from Albemarle County, including a mixed-use development in the Broadway Blueprint. The Virginia chapter of the American Planning Association releases its annual awards. Emmett Street at Ivy Road will be closed for nearly two weeks for a stormwater project. Chris Green Lake reopens to dogs, and a suspicious item is found at Charlottesville's federal court. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, one person wants you to know about another community litter cleanup event in Albemarle County, this time on October 30th in the southern part of the county. The latest Love Albemarle event will take place between 8.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. at sites in Esmont, Keene, Scottsville, and North Garden. Around 50 people showed up for a similar event in Esmont this past spring, and organizers want to double that amount. Organizer Ed Brooks is seeking to get children involved, so if you're a parent or guardian and want to spend the morning with your family cleaning up roadside litter, register today. There's a link in the newsletter. We'll begin today with a quick roundup of brief stories. Fire crews and police officers responded last night to reports of a suspicious item at the Federal Building and U.S. Courthouse in downtown Charlottesville, but the item was determined by the Virginia State Police to be of no threat. The area was closed from 6.45 p.m. to around 8.30 p.m., according to a release from the city's communications office. The incident occurred just three days before a trial gets underway in the federal case against multiple organizers involved in the August 12th Unite the Right rally. The lawsuit was filed four years ago and seeks damages based on an 1871 civil rights law, as well as a prevention of future rallies. Defendants include Jason Kessler, Richard Spencer, and Christopher Cantwell, among others. The trial begins Monday morning. There's a link to a summary of the case in the University of Michigan's Civil Rights Litigation Clearinghouse that's available in a link in the newsletter. The water at Chris Green Lake Park has been reopened to dogs and people. Albemarle issued an advisory in late September after tests reported elevated levels of harmful algae. There have been two consecutive tests which have indicated water quality has returned to normal levels. A release announcing the reopening went out Friday afternoon. Emmett Street will be fully closed between Ivy Road and Rothery Road for nearly two weeks between November 1st and November 12th. Traffic will be detoured along Massey Road and Copley Road. According to a release, the roadway will be shut to allow for installation of a large stormwater utility structure across Emmett Street. Pedestrians, cyclists, motorists, and transit riders are all warned of potential delays. Here's a sentence or two from the release. Please expect traffic backups along the detour route, and if possible, utilize Route 250 or other city streets to bypass the area. Pedestrians will be detoured through the UVA site along the parking garage service road. 
The school superintendent in Nelson County has announced that she will step down on June 30th. The Lynchburg News in advance reports that Martha Eagle has plans to retire after a 32-year career in the Nelson school system. Nelson County has over 1,500 students and more than 300 employees. The Virginia chapter of the American Planning Association has released its awards for 2021 at a hybrid conference in Roanoke. Senator Linwood Lewis, a Democrat in the 6th Senate District, received the Cardinal Award for his role as a legislator, singling out key pieces of legislation that were signed into law in the past year. These are Senate Bill 1350, which requires the Commonwealth Transportation Board to incorporate resiliency into the project selection process, SB 1374, which establishes a carbon sequestration task force, which must report before the 2022 General Assembly. SB 1389, which requires landowners whose properties are prone to flooding to report that risk to potential buyers, and SB 1404, which makes adjustments to the Stormwater Local Assistance Fund to clarify the intent to reduce nitrogen and phosphorus levels. Fairfax County won the Commonwealth Plan of the Year for its Zoning Ordinance Modernization Project, which cut the length of those regulations in half. Here's a write-up from the awards. The new streamlined ordinance is half the size of the previous ordinance from 1978, which was accomplished through elimination of repetition and use of easy-to-understand language, graphics, and figures. The City of Norfolk won three awards for three projects. Open Norfolk is an initiative that helped businesses connect with customers during the pandemic. Norfolk also created a Missing Middle Pattern book to explain how additional density could be achieved in single-family neighborhoods. The Norfolk Thrive Plan presents a vision for how to extend urban development in that coastal city from the Harbor Park Ballpark to Norfolk State University. The latter won the APA's Resilient Virginia Community of the Year. Other awards include the Outstanding Service Award, which went to Williamsburg Planning Director Carolyn Murphy, the Edge District between York County, James City County, and the City of Williamsburg won the Holzheimer Economic Development Award, and Frederick County won the Commonwealth Connectors Award, and Planner John Bishop won the Outstanding Service Award for the Crossover Boulevard Project, which is a new four-lane roadway in Winchester. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for a Patreon-fueled shout-out. This one goes out for the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign. That's an initiative that wants you to grow native plants in yards, farms, public spaces, and gardens in the Northern Piedmont. The leaves have started to fall as autumn has set in, and this is a good time to begin planning for the spring. Native plants provide habitat, food services for wildlife, ecosystem resiliency in the face of climate change, and clean water. Start at the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Facebook page and tell them that Blonnie Murray sent you. We'll conclude this edition of the show with a roundup of various developments in Albemarle County. First, developer Alan Kajin has filed plans with the county for a mixed-use development to be built on a 1.36-acre property just to the northwest of the redeveloped Woolen Mills factory. 
The proposal is for a 2,500-square-foot manufacturing building with 13 dwelling units. This project is being submitted by Wright. Here's a public notification for the project. That means that if the proposed plans meet the minimum requirements of the county's zoning, site plan, or subdivision ordinance, they must be approved. The county's comprehensive plan designates the land as neighborhood density residential, which calls for between three and six units per acre. According to the project application, the density on the site would be nine and a half units per acre. An existing structure on the property would remain. This project is within the scope of the county's Broadway Blueprint planning area. That's being run by the county's Economic Development Office. Elsewhere in the county, plans have been filed for 250 units along Rio Road, near Four Seasons. Andy Reitelbach is a senior planner with the county. So the application is called the Heritage on Rio. The property is within the jurisdiction of the Places 29 Hydraulic Community Advisory Committee, which had a community meeting on a rezoning application for the project. Sometimes the current zoning and the future land use designation do not always line up, and so that is um, one reason why a property owner may choose to uh, request a rezoning of their property. In this case, the request is to go from R6 zoning, which is six units per acre, to a customized zone known as a planned residential development, which would allow up to 35 units per acre, as well as some commercial uses. The buildings have not yet been designed, according to attorney Valerie Long with the firm Williams Mullen. Um, the project is proposing that 15% of the units of the rezoned units will be affordable to those making up to 80% of the area median income. The Albemarle Architectural Review Board will also weigh in on the project as Rio Road is in an entrance corridor. The Places 29 North Community Advisory Committee met on October 14th, and one topic was an update on the Brook Hill development south of Forest Lakes and north of Polo Grounds Road. Cameron Langeal is another planner in Albemarle. Brook Hill was um, rezoned by the Board of Supervisors in 2016. Brook Hill uh, totals 277.5 acres, so it's a pretty large project. Um, it's going to be developed in multiple phases, and the rezoning referred to each of those phases as blocks. Brook Hill is a mixed-use development that must have at least 552 residential units and a maximum of 1,550. These include apartments, townhomes, and single-family homes. Langeal said the developer could have constructed many more under the comprehensive plan, but opted to go at a lower density. Final approval so far has been granted for 535 total dwelling units. Block 1 is the center of the development. There's going to be uh, also a public park and plaza gathering area, um, but that is going to be the primary focal point for non-residential uses in this project. Some blocks have been approved and constructed, while others are working their way through the review process. Block 8A consists of a 179-bed assisted living facility, which is nearing completion and opening. Block 1A and Block 8B consist of multifamily units that look like townhomes but contain more units than that. A site plan had been submitted for a hockey rink in the town center. That plan got to the final site plan stage, which is basically the last thing they have to do application-wise before they get final approval. We were reviewing that back in 2018, and um, from what the developer has told me, it's not going to be built in that block any longer. 
they're still working with the folks who are looking to do that ice rink and they're potentially going to relocate it a little bit further north on the north side of the town center area. Allison Rabel of The Daily Progress reported in February of 2020 that the park had been delayed. A group called Friends of the Charlottesville Ice Park had been fundraising for the project. The website for the group has expired. And that's it for this Saturday edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. This is what happens when you take a couple days off in the middle of the week because you did karaoke and you ruined your voice again. Seriously, I did sing a karaoke and it really was worth it. Uh, So there's that. But uh, it was good to take a break and now I am back and in the workforce again. Very glad to bring you this and every other installment of the program. You might hear from time to time these Patreon-fueled substacks. You can get four of those a month for a $25 a month contribution through Patreon. You can also subscribe to the program through Substack, and if you contribute at the $200 a level a year, you get two of those shoutouts a month. That's how that all happens. This weekend, I will be spending some time writing this stuff down to try to explain a little bit more about what Town Crier Productions is all about and what we've been doing for 15 months. Of course, the we here includes you. This is a program that would not be possible without the listeners and the readers. So please share it on with somebody else so that they can continue to hear the information as well and help me produce it. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. I'll be back on Monday with another installment of this newsletter. In the meantime, the week ahead, look at local government will be coming out on tomorrow. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe out there and, uh, you know, think of something good. 